Welcome to F1 Reviews, a podcast where we rate and review each race in the F1 calendar. I am Doug Austin, along with my partner, Chris Costas. Make sure to also check us out on Instagram, F1 Reviews Podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome back to F1 Reviews. How's it going today, Chris? Going pretty good, Doug. How about you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, uh, we got to watch the uh, uh, the Portuguese Grand Prix this morning. Uh, uh, just ended like a, maybe 20 minutes ago. Yeah, um, this is one of those rare instances where we're on top of everything. We're watching the race live. We're doing the podcast right after. It's professionalism yeah. at its best. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the timing us. ended up uh, uh, working out pretty good for this. Although there is some information about the race that we don't quite have yet because there are some uh, uh, pending investigations going on right now. So we may get some breaking news in the middle of this podcast. Um or let's say if we don't find out until after we're done recording, we'll we'll make sure that we uh, um add a little nugget in at the end before we post it. Yeah, um so, so do we want to start with that, or do we want to go um, back to the very beginning? Because for me, you know, as, as many uh, quote-unquote new circuits as we've had this year, um, this is the only track that I've, I've never heard of before they announced it. I've never seen it in, like, a racing video game. There's no old Formula One races to go back and review of it. Like, I came into this completely blind. So um, this was actually one of the rare instances where I watched, like, all of the practice sessions just so of course the drivers could you know do their practice and get to familiar with the circuit but like i just had to figure out where the track goes and figure out what's what um yeah i gotta say this is a super cool track I don't know how F1's never oh, yeah. run here before, but it's a super cool track. Yeah, everything just, like, the elevation changes. You know, we talked about that, uh, the lack of elevation changes in uh, in uh, Russia. And then we go from that to, you know, uh, uh, it's almost like they're climbing and, and descending off of, like, mountains. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, being, like, like, geographically, I'm just outside Chicago. And for, you know, anyone listening around the world, that's, I mean that's one like the second biggest metropolis to uh, to Elkhart Lake, Road America, and so I, I go there all the time. And one of my favorite parts of that track is that you know none of the natural terrain has been bulldozed out of the way to just make everything nice and flat, and you know it's it's there uh, you know with the natural hills of the of the surrounding area, and you know any other track where you see that where it just kind of conforms to the land itself like. Uh, Spa, for example, Nurburgring, yeah, you know the Nordschleife, like these are all tracks. Yeah, like you know, it, it's something about tracks that when they follow the natural land, uh, you know, with the hills and everything, it just makes a killer track. And uh, Portugal has like just some, ins- you know, ridiculous uh, ups and downs throughout the track, and it just gives it a real like roller coaster kind of feel. I think that was Lando Norris. Um, that said, you know, at first blush with the track that it's, it's like riding a roller coaster the whole time. <laughs> that's gotta be, that's gotta be a lot of fun for the drivers. Although a little bit scary. Cause there's a, uh, because of that, there's some blind corners. Um, so especially like during the practice sessions, uh, I noticed people were having a hard time getting out of the way of some of the other drivers. And, um, actually even during qualifying, uh, Ricardo had a spin, uh, uh because of that. Yeah. He, he came in, uh, really hot, tried to get around like two cars in one go. And I think he just got out. I don't know if there are marbles out there, or, but yeah, I just, uh, he got caught out and ended up spinning. 
Um, there were a couple issues all through uh, uh, free practice, you know, a few, a few spins. Um, and then we also saw a couple other things like the, uh, um, you know, you, you could tell like this wasn't an F1 track before because the, uh, the pit entrance and exit were a little unusual compared to normal, you know, to the normal F1 uh, calendar tracks. Um, whereas like the entrance, there's no like pit entrance road that's really narrow or has like a little chicane or, you know, something to keep, you know, to get you slowed down before you enter. The only thing that's slowing you down as you come into the pit road is your brakes. And if you spin or someone bumps you like coming into pit road, like, you know, you're going to be sent like careening into, you know, a pit lane full of people changing tires and whatever. And, that just looked really weird. And then there was uh, the exit, which dumps you right out onto the uh, the racing line for turn one, which is a really <laughs> fast corner. We actually saw, I think it was uh, Stroll and Verstappen uh, during practice that came together yeah. there. Um, and we're basically racing each other into that corner. Yeah, Stroll said he didn't see uh, Verstappen there, uh, which I'm understandable because you know we, we've talked about before the 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 mirrors on these F1 cars are borderline useless. <laughs> True, um, and I mean we, we've seen this a couple times before. Um, you know, usually during races, um, you know w- when you're coming out of the pit lane, especially during a practice session or qualifying session, you know you're you're not gaining anything by going you know, at full pace into turn one right out of the pits. Um, so if there's another car on track, you know, they should let you know, like, you know, lift, let the guy by and then continue on. So we don't have another, yeah. uh, Esteban Gutierrez, pastor Maldonado kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there, there was a lot of, and on, on top of the fact that, you know, the, the, the c- conditions were just like, you know, last time at the uh, Nürburgring, it was pretty cold. So, you know, coming out of the pits, your tires are going to be uh, a, a bit colder than they would be at a normal race. Right. But, you know, but I think that that's kind of an interesting mark of this season is that there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you, you could tell, like the track wasn't really designed uh, you know, to have on the Formula One schedule, and like they weren't really planning on it. But you know, sometimes things in life just happen, and um, you know, obviously, th- this year there's obviously a lot of parallels you can draw with that statement. But you know, life just kind of happens, and sometimes you got to roll with it for better or for worse. And you know, obviously, I think the worst has been well documented, but you know, for the better, like you see some really cool races, um, you know, at tracks oh, yeah. that people weren't prepared for with limited, uh, practice sessions. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think just the fact that Gasly won a race this year is enough to say, <laughs> you know, that this was, uh, a, there, there were some twists and turns that we weren't expecting. Right, right, and that's what made that's what made this a really, really fun weekend. I love it when when they introduce new tracks like this um, because it just it, it it turns everything on its head a little bit. Absolutely, um, yeah. I, I think uh, if you're just you know, and, and you got to watch the whole uh, weekend play out because if you literally just look at you know the top three, you say okay, Hamilton, Botas, Verstappen, you'd say why would I even bother turning on the TV? But like there's a whole weekend associated with it and they didn't just fall into those places and take off from the rest of the field. But, um, I I mean, I guess in some ways they did, but 
Yeah, my wife and I try. We we try to watch the races together as much as possible um, in the morning. You know, when they when they first come on, we say morning because it's you know we're we're both in the we're all in the U.S. here. Uh, yeah. You know, Chris and I, and you know, for us, it's you know you know eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, uh, uh, watching these races. So it's so we you, we do have to get up a little bit early to watch them, but it's it's usually worth it. And you know, I keep telling her, you know, all, all we have to do is just ignore the top three, and it's actually kind of interesting to watch. <laughs> oh yeah. Um- and I mean, even, even if you do include the top three, um, you know, like I think that this race was a really good demonstrator. So I know we're going to be jumping all over the place. I hope there's no listeners that are like super OCD about doing everything in order and stuff. But, um, <laughs> right. you know, but at the, so at the beginning of the race, uh, signs actually has a killer start get, you know, is able to pass Botas and uh, is leading the race and. I, I think that just about everyone's minds blew at the exact same moment. <laughs> We're just like, yeah, you know, yeah, watching the TV yeah. just completely dumbfounded. And we can't believe signs is leading. And then, uh, and then we see, uh, you know, Botas come back at him, Hamilton and Verstappen, all those guys, you know, like once the tires got heated up and the, everything was up to temperature, like it was amazing to see how just how ruthlessly those guys cut through the field. And they're, you know, they were oh, obviously, yeah you know, head and shoulders faster than everybody. Um, you know, yeah, that, that, that I, I attribute a lot of the, the, the slow start for the Mercedes due to the fact that they were one of the few, I think them and the Ferraris, uh, were the only teams that started on the medium tire. Everybody else started on softs and, um, yeah, science jumped all the way from seventh place all the way to the lead by the end of the first lap, which is insane. Yeah, <laughs> that was absolutely wild. Like that, that, that's on, that's on par with, uh, uh, you know, some of those starts that you used to see from uh, Fernando Alonso when he was with, uh, uh, Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, like science has been impressive his entire time in F1. It's just usually he's not in, in a car or in a position where he can really make something happen. But you yeah, know, yeah. if, if, uh, if the hype around Ferrari is to be believed that 2022 is going to be their year and, you know, signs keeps up this form. Um, could you imagine that in, in, uh, you know, basically two years from now seeing signs, you know, I, I could see him leading the championship if, oh, yeah, if all yeah. the hype is to be believed, of course. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I guess you know, Ferrari's been, uh, uh, doing some pretty good upgrades lately. Like, you know, you know, in, in, you know, Leclerc gets up to fourth place. I think, uh, um, uh, uh Vettel, I don't think he's phoning it in. I think he's just not comfortable with that car because he starts 15th. Um, he ends up having a decent race. Uh, um, but, yeah, there's there's a huge gap between Leclerc and, and uh, uh, Vettel. It, it's kind of the same thing that you see between Verstappen and Albon, I feel like, because, right. you know, the team's pretty much invested in one driver and just, you know, who, <laughs> the second driver is just what it is, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, even if the Ferrari is, you know, difficult to drive, um, Leclerc's doing a fantastic job with it. And, uh, yeah, yeah he's, I would say he's definitely out driving the car. Um, which, again, yeah, if Sainz comes over to Ferrari, that could potentially be, you know, an issue where you have Leclerc, who's already out driving the car, and signs who is an amazing driver and just hasn't had a really good car to show for it. So that could be a pretty wild battle. Um, 
again, we're yeah, looking far yeah. in the future and a lot can change. Well, and, and, and thinking back, I think uh, uh, Red Bull uh, uh, missed out on being able to keep Carlos Sainz because, you know, they, they loaned him over to um, Renault for a couple of years because he was still under contract with Red Bull, I think, um, up until the end of his time with uh, uh, with Renault. And they just kind of let him stay there instead of trying to bring him back. Yeah, Red, Red Bull's been really weird about their drivers. And, uh, you know, as we go into next year and only having, I think they they were saying like only, you know, Three, there was like some quote from Helmut Marco saying like three of the four seats are spoken for, and then there's one yeah. still open. And they, who are they going to fill it with? Because it's not going to be someone from their junior program, because that's like, you know, there's no one else left in it. Um, but there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good names out there floating around. Um, the, uh, yeah. obviously Nico Hulkenberg is, uh, shows that he can still bring it um, with, like, mm-hmm. little to no preparation at all, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, considering how Red Bull expects their drivers to perform, if Nico Hulkenberg can just pull it out like that, you know, um, he might have a good shot. Um, right, right. There's the uh, the Haas drivers, which I, I guess probably wouldn't – I couldn't see them doing as well as Hulkenberg, but I could be wrong. yeah. Actually, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. I actually heard uh, <laughs> them talking about Magnuson going to IndyCar, which that that doesn't surprise me. Uh, again, you know, I'm I'm in the states. I'm close to Road America, and you know, I I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Kevin Magnuson in person. You know, on track. Um, that'd yeah. be really cool. But his da- his dad did that. His dad went to IndyCar oh, yeah. um, after, after his uh, stint in F1. Yeah, and actually, uh, even uh, Marcus Erickson, um, who, you know, he, he was kind of a backmarker in Formula One while he was there. He, he was, uh, but uh, he came to IndyCar and he's been really competitive. Um, and I think yeah. he's, uh, I I would need to go back and check, but I think that he just signed for like one of the big two or three teams in IndyCar for next year. So, um, yeah, he's, he's still, uh, he's going to be competitive, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I I find that, that F F one drivers typically tend to do pretty well when they, when they make the move over to IndyCar. Yeah. I mean, obviously for, you know, formula one drivers, you have to be the best in the world to get a seat there. So to switch cars, it shouldn't be too difficult to do. Um, yeah, but, uh, actually, uh, you know, me and, my, me and my girlfriend were joking that, like, it seems that, so if, if you're, uh, like, around 30 or under, maybe, um, and mm-hmm. your your career in Formula One is essentially over, then you go to IndyCar. If you're, like, 40 right. or above, then you go to sports car racing. And that's just, like, the, yeah, you know, you yeah. get put out to pasture, basically, <laughs> as a driver, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, Mark... You know, it's funny. Martin Brundle still uh, 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 competes in you know sports car racing too. Uh, um, in, in between his uh, F one commentating gigs, yeah. And, and I guess if you really get put out to pasture, then you end up commentating because what? There's Martin Brundle, Karun Chandog, um, yeah, Julian yeah. Palmer. Um, I don't know who else. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Anthony, Anthony Anthony Davidson, Davidson yeah, um, yeah. So. You know, I, I guess if you're looking at your career choices after you're a Formula One driver, you know, re- relevant information yeah. for us and anyone else listening to the podcast, I'm sure. 
Um, right, right. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> life doesn't end after F1, so. Exactly, exactly. You got you to pay the mortgage in your apartment in Monaco somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm just looking right now. I'm just looking at the uh, the qualifying order. There's nothing really uh, um, notable in there other than you know Leclerc up at the you know up in fourth place and and um, yeah, everybody else is pretty pretty much where we expect them to be. You know, I, I will point out that uh, in Q1, like right at the last minute, George Russell is able to uh, make it out of Q1. And yeah, yeah and it, oh yeah, yeah. It ends up. Uh, I mean, he gets knocked out in Q two, but he still beats Sebastian Vettel, and not by a small margin either, like two tenths. Yeah, one and half, one and a half or two tenths. Yeah, you know, I I I, I got to give Russell. He's like kind of the underdog. You want to, you know, he's at Williams and he's a good driver, but he needs some points to, you know, prove that to other people because, like, on paper, it doesn't look like. But yeah, I mean he he's always there and he's always pushing as hard as he can. So it was cool yeah, to he's, see that he's, he got he, to he, de- he definitely mixes it up quite a bit and 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 he's he's definitely showing a lot of really really good form this year. Yeah, um actually during the race there was a just just like a little moment basically where he's um I forget who he was following but he's just right on the rear bumper for uh the uh like that 1 2 3 turn complex right at the beginning of the lap and he, he's basically yeah. just drifting the car and just you know <laughs> barely holding on to the thing <laughs> um but yeah just demonstrating some really good car control um oh yeah for sure yeah then uh but yeah as far as uh as qualifying because i think that everyone kind of thought uh botas was going to be on pole because all through practice botas was you know hands down the quickest guy yeah, yeah, and and even like the first run in in uh, Q three, he was uh, uh, not not bad. He like he was pretty far ahead of uh, Lewis after the first lap, but Lewis did two laps. Uh, um, he did two hot laps at the end of the session, and ended up pulling out that that amazing pole lap that he put in. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, just just when you think like you think you know how it's all going to shake out, because I think Botas was pole, Hamilton was second. Uh, Verstappen was third, and then uh, even Albon ended up fourth. And uh, yeah. I was going to say, you know, especially where Albon's at at Red Bull, because it 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 sounds like he's going down that same path that like you know Kvyat went down, that Gasly went down, where it's you know first Christian Horner's defending. Oh no, we're we would never do that. We're never going to drop him, and and then you get to the <laughs> right. second stage, which is. Helmet Marco. Oh, we don't want to get rid of him. No, that could never happen. And then, like a week later, oh no, he's not racing next year. <laughs> um, You're right. But you know, so to see him get like fourth for a minute there, it was like, all right, good. He's second row, right alongside Max. That's where he needs to be to keep that seat. And then, uh, you know, Perez and Leclerc both beat him. He gets knocked down to sixth. And you're like, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and, and then he couldn't improve his time either. Yeah, what was really funny is actually I think at one point, yeah, Valtteri was first and, and then uh, Verstappen was second because uh, uh, I, I think Verstappen leapfrogged uh, Lewis for, half, for, uh, uh, for the, after the first runs. Oh, yeah. and, then, 
And then, and then, yeah, Lewis came back and just, you know, smashed it. Just destroyed uh, But yeah, yeah, Max's first lap, uh, 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 first lap was not very far ahead at Albon. So that's why they were so close together. And then Max improved his time. Um, uh, Leclerc and Perez both really put in stellar laps and Albon just couldn't, uh, uh just couldn't hang. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, still, you know, for, for, for their performance, um, like Perez, especially that was, uh, a really good starting position for him. Um, yeah, but, uh, but then we move on to the race and, uh, Doug, you may have to, uh, start us off here on the start. Um, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I, I, I will. This, this is one of the most beautiful starts I've, I've seen to, to a race in, in quite a long time because, so everybody gets off the line now. Uh, um, so just to kind of backtrack, um, in qualifying, just kind of remind everybody of the rules in Q2, whatever, if you make it into Q3, um, whatever tire you set your fastest lap on in Q2 is the tire that you have to start the race on. Right. So, um, in Q2, the, uh, both of the Ferraris and both of the uh, Mercedes actually set their fast laps on the medium tire and everybody else set their laps on the soft tire. So at this point, the track is really, really cold at the beginning of the race. So, uh, um, with the, the, the harder compound tires, it takes them a longer time to get up to temperature to get that full grip out of it. So as a result, you know, uh, uh, uh science who starts seventh place just darts through the field. And by the end of the first lap is in first place. He gets by Botas and I'm jumping up and down screaming, but then he gets by Lewis Hamilton and I just about blew my vocal cords out. <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts. Like my, my dogs were scared. Uh, uh, my, my nieces were here. They were, they, they, you know, they all went upstairs <laughs> to get away from us. Cause my wife and I were both just like, what is happening? This is insane. <laughs> See, and, and then at about this point, this is where I woke up in a panic. I realized what time it was, and I go, oh, my God, the race has just started. I, you know, run over to the TV, get started up, get the app started up, sign in. And then, you know, as soon as I, it turns on, and Crofty's already screaming, and there goes signs around Botas, and I'm, what is going on? <laughs> so <laughs> I went from I'm asleep it- to the most in you know, energized I've ever been in like two minutes. Oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was my coffee. So then, the and morning. then, and then on top of, right. Right. <laughs> and then on top of that, uh, uh, Verstappen and Sergio Perez have it coming together. So Perez tries to go around the outside of, uh, 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 Max Verstappen, um, after Verstappen has a little bit of a slip and they, you know, they, 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 they catch front tire or the, uh, uh, yeah, Perez's back tire catches, uh, uh, Verstappen's front tire. Uh, uh, Perez is, you know, he has to pit cause he's got, you know, a tire issue. I think he flat spotted his tire. So he had to come in oh, and get yeah. new tires on lap one. And then, yeah, uh, Verstappen seemed to be no worse for where he was. He was, uh, uh, you know, pretty good. He slipped back a little bit. I, I think he ended up back in like fifth place and, and uh, ends up coming back up to third place eventually. Um, and it took about five laps because I think science ended up getting close to a two second lead. So he d- it wasn't just a, a little blip where he got by and then the Mercedes got got back past him. He got it. He p- pulled out a pretty good two second lead. Yeah, I mean, I mean he uh, um, well, and held that for for a couple laps. He was well out of uh, DRS range from Botas. And, you know, there was a little while where I was like, oh, my God you know, is signs really going to do this? Are we really going to see a good charge from signs? And, and then, uh, no, 
fell. <laughs> yeah, the Mercedes so, got their tires warmed up, and 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 that there 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 she goes. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and like I said before, like it it just demonstrates just how dominant um, you know Mercedes, Valtteri Bottas, and especially Lewis Hamilton are. Um, oh yeah, you know that you might be able to get around them, but when they've got you know everything working for them. Um, it, it, they're just in another league. It's in, you know, yeah, you knew there was no possibility for signs to hold that. Um, and then even, uh, once, uh, Verstappen, uh, started catching up to him, like it, it was kind of a foregone conclusion at that point, which is, you know, a, a little sad to see for the excitement that the race started with, but you know, if anyone was going to do it, I think, you know, yeah. putting your money on signs wouldn't be a bad call. <laughs> As, 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 you know, at least they had to earn it this time, though. They didn't just kind of run away from it. They actually had to get past somebody to get to, to get into their positions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and and, they, and 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 the nice thing is is that science did hold them off pretty good. Like he 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 made it at least a bit of a task to get by. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he did what he could, but on that long straight, especially well, there's the uh, that really long sweeping corner before it, which I think is just so cool that corner. Um, oh yeah. But then you come out onto that long straight, you get DRS, and um, it's a we- it's a weird combination for the track because like there's just some super high speed areas, but then there's still like the you know really slow uh, corners, and then a lot of like mid speed corners too. And somehow, yeah, like, like somehow that works really well. Spain does not. I- <laughs> It's well, just, yeah, Spain is 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 more flat um, along that uh, that that start finish straight. I think that's that's a lot. That's a lot of why it is. Yeah, um, yeah. There was that like just at the beginning of the straight. There's like that little jump up, and then at the end, going into turn one, there's like that little dip back down. Um, yeah, so there's all this like weird elevation change, and that just made it really cool. Also, the first turn being, you know, greater than ninety degrees. Um, Mm-hmm. I think that that opens up a lot, a lot of possibility for you know to really send in some passes through there, um, and we saw a bunch of opportunities of that uh, throughout the race. Um, <clears throat> again, I, I may be skipping around a little bit. I don't know if we want to address certain things in an order, but um, there was a uh, a really well, I'm going to say ambitious move by uh, Lance Stroll um, on yeah. uh, Lando Norris where. It, it almost looked like he wasn't quite expecting to make a pass, but then he's like, eh, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And uh, Right, right. You know, he's basically off the track. He's all over the rumble strips as he's coming into the corner and then takes the outside line around turn one, around Lando Norris, but he, he really only gave him, like, half a car width. And yeah, that, you know, when you do that, it's not going to end well. And... Yeah. uh and it, it, it Norris didn't have the opportunity to give a, to to give him the amount of room that he needed to be, to 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 complete that move. Um, on top of the fact that you know before that even Stroll had already gotten you know the black and white warning flag for track limits. So the fact that he was you know riding that pretty hard uh, uh, trying to get by Lando Norris, like I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they made him give that position back anyway. So why is he going for that move? I, yeah, I mean to me it kind of looked like. It was just, oh, an opportunity all of a sudden presented itself. I guess I can break harder than Norris can. 
I'm just going to go for it yeah. and see what happens. It didn't look like it was well thought out in advance. Like yeah. it just happened, you know, so he went for it. Right. Um, cause, cause yeah. a couple of episodes. Yeah, and on top of the fact that, that through just throughout the race in general, there was little sprinkles of, of, of uh, rain that were hitting the surface of the track. Not enough to make them uh, uh, obviously want to switch to, to, um, to uh, uh, wet tires or even intermediates, but it was just enough to make things slick. So uh, um, that, that move was just, ill-advised because you never knew if there was going to be, you know, water on the track. Yeah. Right. Um, also once again, we, we, how many races this year has there been? Oh, it's a little bit of rain. It's coming. You know, it's going to change up the race. We're going to see what happens. I mean, there were multiple shots of cameras with, uh, like flex of rain on the lens and you're like, it, it's yeah. gotta happen this week. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And once again, somehow like F1 technology, they're able to avoid rain, you know, just just cut a hole in the clouds and, you know, keep rain off the circuit. Yeah, well, it was funny. I was I was actually looking at the uh, the weather forecast before the race and, it, you know, it, it didn't say it was going to rain until like, you know, about an hour after the race was over. So the fact that there were little spots of rain on the lens uh, of some of the cameras around, there, I was actually kind of surprised at that. Yeah. Um, we definitely heard some of the drivers complaining about the, uh, the amount of wind and, uh, they were also saying that that was something that contributed to, uh, all the passes we saw on the front straight is that, you know, the drivers had a tailwind there. So once you get the DRS open, you got a little run on the guy ahead of you, um, that wind would just push you until you were able to make the pass happen. Yeah. And, and and the slipstream seemed pretty strong too. Yeah, and and also it wasn't impossible to pass around the outside. I think uh Sergio Perez actually we, um I forget who that was, but he he was able to make a move around the outside and make it work. Um actually there were there was a good bit of battling um just the way like those first couple corners are set up um that you uh Yeah. end up, you know, battling that way. Um we had, yeah, yeah uh, uh, Perez and Ocon had a nice battle. That that was fun to watch. Uh, um, and they actually, I think you actually texted me like they actually kept it clean this time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, especially after seeing Stroll and Norris come together like that, um, it, it just looked like a clumsy move on on Stroll's part. Um, yeah, you know, so you kind of were like, oh god, I hope we don't see more of that. But uh, yeah, Ocon and Perez, you know, keeping it really clean the whole way around. And then, uh, also, if we're talking about good, hard, but clean racing, um, Raikkonen, just, you know, he, he, does, he definitely doesn't have the best car in the field, but he will race tooth and nail with anyone and try and hold on to whatever yeah. position he can. It's, uh, it's so entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what's fun about watching him. And even, uh, you know, uh, Brundle will make these comments every now and then. It's like, you know, these cars are only two, meter wi- two meters wide, so you have to try to make them as wide as you can during, you know, when, when you're battling by making the right moves at the right time. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kimmy is, despite his underperforming Alfa Romeo, he does a really, really good job at making that car just a little bit wider than two meters. <laughs> right. Um, and I, and I think that this kind of ties in a little bit to what I was talking about before with, uh, just how quick the Mercedes and also Verstappen are compared to, uh, like signs and just seeing how much more pace they had. Um, mm-hmm. so then when you say that the alpha is not as quick as all the other cars, but it's not, not as quick to the same degree that the Mercedes are quick. If that makes any sense, how that sentence worked out, um, <laughs> right. You know, like 
he's he's still you, you know it's a foregone conclusion that he's in the slower car and is gonna be on the back foot, but he's at least still got enough that he can make it happen, you know. Yeah, he's gonna make he's gonna make you earn it, and he he finished just outside the points too. Yeah, that's true. Um, actually, and uh, I would say one other driver who did a really good job at uh, just being aggressive and just racing everyone really hard was Gasly. Um, he made a number yeah. of really good moves all throughout the race. Yeah, he fin- he finished really strong. He finished very strong with that with that Alphatari. That's his. Uh, um, then they said. Uh, um, it was his like third out of four races finishing in the top six. Yeah, he he's that that's uh, what what's it's so confusing with Gasly because he was just you know I th- I think Albon is not as strong in the Red Bull as Max Verstappen, but Gasly was like like which pedal is the gas like he was <laughs> right. way off and just like really embarrassing to see in the red bull but it's he goes back to alfatari he won a race he's been you know yeah. top 5 multiple times like and he and he finished far ahead of albon too like gasly was the last uh uh what yeah was the was the last driver uh, or I'm sorry the first the, the 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 highest placed driver that was on uh, that was a lap down yeah, I mean, th- th- there was no safety. There was no safety car, so you really got to see the pace advantage. Uh, um, only the top four were on the lead lap. <laughs> yeah, which you know, I, like uh, that that fourth place, Charles Leclerc. Um, you know, I think just because he's not getting on the podium, people are still kind of dismissing Ferrari and saying like they're no good and everything. But I mean, Leclerc's doing a. If Ferrari's having the kind of struggles we anticipate they are, um, Leclerc is really just driving the hell out of that thing just because, Oh yeah, you know, he's, he's been finishing really well. He's been qualifying really well in that car, but just not enough to where, you know, you, you see it on TV basically. Well, a, a lot of that is because the top three is usually a foregone conclusion, but when any one of those top three falter, it seems like Leclerc is right there to, you know, to pick up the scraps and, and, you know, he'll sneak in a, like even the first race of the season season, he was able to sneak in a podium because of Lewis's penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to see him get that far ahead. Um, but, uh, I, I think that really Ferrari needs to at least start being a, re- you know, a little more of a podium contender to where they'll kind of be taken seriously again. Um, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. They'll 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 probably push a little bit of it to develop it next year. But it, yeah, it seems like they're kind of you know almost punting the rest of the season, and 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 Leclerc is is getting strong performances despite that. Right. Well, you can't really write off Vettel either because this was. Um, I'd have to go back and check, but this is the first race I can remember where both Ferraris scored points. Vettel ended up tenth. So well, they, they, they said they said something uh, uh, towards the end of the race uh, uh, when you know it looked like Vettel was gonna you know come in tenth again. Um, he said up until this season, Vettel has never finished a race in tenth, and this is like the third race this year that he's finished tenth. Yeah, at, at least Ferrari's getting points, I guess. You know, um, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're not making headlines like Mercedes, but they're at least not, you know, getting knocked out in Q1 and, you know, fighting with Williams for like 14th or something. I don't know. But, (laughs) um, but actually speaking of teammates, cause, cause Gasly, like we said, like he's been doing really well all this year in the AlphaTauri. Yeah. Um, Kvyat, uh, ended up 19th in this race and, 
To be honest, mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing much of him um, on the broadcast. So I'm. Well, he he. There were a lot of track limits penalties, and I, yeah, uh, uh, Kvyat uh, got a five second uh, uh, penalty for track limits. Um, oh. On top of oh yes, yeah, Lance Stroll on top of getting the penalty for um, for his collision with uh, Lando also got a five second penalty for track limits. After that, they end up retiring him with a quote unquote potential issue. Uh, um, <laughs> I think it was just they were giving up on the race just so they could they could get a free gearbox change because they said there was some there was some damage to the car from that collision anyway. So they figure yeah. you know retire him, get some free parts changes, and call it a day. Yeah, that that's. That's kind of disheartening when you see that where you're basically just pulling the car out just because you're like, you know what, we're not going to get points. And, you know, even just like staying in the race to gain mileage, testing and, you know, who knows? Maybe there will be a good battle at some point. But yeah, yeah, um, because, you know, we saw that, you know, with uh, Stroll this week. Um, two weeks ago, we saw, I think we saw that with Albin, or at least that's how it appeared with Albin, where he was just complaining about, you know, being, oh, it's so hard to race these guys. And it sounded like they just didn't want to hear that kind of talk and pulled them out of the race. They, you know, <laughs> I, I guess a rock had punctured the radiator is what they were saying. Oh, you know, yeah. like that's what I saw on the app anyway. But, you know, j- just whenever you see one of those like retirements where it's like, no, nah, we're just not in it today. We're going home. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that your sponsors would even accept that, you know, as right, a right. Like, I, I, I feel like Fernando Alonso had a lot of those retirements when he, uh, uh, during the uh, Maconda days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say, uh, for sure, like at the beginning, it was a chaotic 10 laps. Um, yeah. And then there were, you know, there were enough battles throughout the race to, uh, you know, kind of keep you entertained and just kind of keep an eye mm-hmm. on what was happening. Um, you know, Hamilton though, like, like th- there were a few times where you're just like looking at the time differences and, you know, w- when you see, I-, I guess you can divide this into a few different things. So like maybe one to five seconds, you're like, all right, you're kind of running together. Maybe things will change and we'll see a battle. Um, Right. Then you start get to the double digit seconds, like ten and up, and you're like, okay, this is these guys aren't even in the same state anymore. Um, and then you start seeing like you know fifty second, thirty seconds, fifty seconds, a minute, and you're like, how long is the track? Because you know <laughs> right? how, how has this person not been lapped? Like, uh, and, and that's just insane to see, um, especially like the end of this race. It, it was only the top four cars that ended on the lead lap. And yeah. And they were all like double digit for the most part, uh, um, away from each other. Like, you know, Lewis is 25 seconds ahead of, uh, Botas, uh, Botas is nine seconds ahead of Verstappen. Verstappen is like th- almost, you know, 31 seconds ahead of Leclerc. Yeah. And I mean, in Hamilton, I mean, you, you gave it maybe two more laps and I'm sure he would have been around Leclerc. Um, yeah, he, yeah. he was just, the dude is unbelievable. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I know that there's probably still people out there that are, you know, I mean, you, but at this point you just, you just can't deny how good Hamilton is and he might mm-hmm. be in the best car, but that's how you become a champion. You know, you have the best yeah. driver well, that, and the best car with the best team and everyone the, working at 100%. The, the point that I like to make is, is, you know, Lewis isn't, yeah, he's in the best car. You're right. But so is Botas, and Botas isn't doing the same thing, right? Right. 
you know, when Senna was winning everything, he was in the best car. When Schumacher was winning everything, he was in the best car. Um, yeah. You know, like it doesn't happen this way on accident, but it does yeah. take that driver to make the most of, you know, of the car, of the team, of, you know, getting everyone together to all strive towards that common goal. And, uh, yeah. I mean, we're looking at 92 wins at this point because. As, I mean, I don't see any, you know, inkling of this ever stopping. Um, as long as Hamilton's right. in Formula One and Mercedes is in Formula One. Um, I mean, I think even next year, uh, as long as we're using the same cars at, you know, I, I think it's a foregone conclusion to assume Hamilton will probably be champion. It'll be entertaining along the way for sure. And he'll definitely have mm-hmm. to work to make that happen. But, yeah, you know, like... I think over a hundred wins, you know, is, uh, yeah, that's going to happen. I can full, I can totally oh, see yeah. that happening. Yeah. Cause he, cause, cause Lewis Hamilton got a lot of those wins, even when Mercedes wasn't the best car, like 2018, it was, it was pretty much Ferrari had the better car, had the better package than Mercedes, but it was, a, it was a combination of strategy calls and, uh, um, you know, on track mistakes and, you know, Lewis stayed in it and, was able to capitalize on all those mistakes because, and like we, like we've said before, Lewis Hamilton does not make mistakes very often. Yeah. And when he does, it's, 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 it becomes a big deal. Like the, the entire race will change if he makes a mistake. Right. Right. Like, you know, pitting, pitting when the pit pit entry was closed, that threw everything into chaos. Yeah. Uh, um, him, him and Albon coming together and then him and Albon coming together, the sequel <laughs> that threw the whole race into <laughs> that threw the whole race into chaos too. Yeah. So like, un- unless the track somehow greatly, uh, um, doesn't favor Mercedes, like, you know, um, you know, la- last year at, at Brazil, where the where the Red Bull had the much stronger package for what um, what Interlagos you know threw at them, You're, you know it, Lewis is going to be is pretty much going to be on top of this sport for much much longer time to come unless he just gets bored and decides to quit. Yeah, he's he's still in prime racing condition. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting that you mentioned 2018 because you know like you said that's when Ferrari. Arguably, that was their shot, I feel like. Um, there's a, uh, a video that Cranky Yankee F1 did on YouTube, um, and he's got a lot of great stuff. Go check out his channel. It's awesome. Um, oh, yeah, for but, sure. But, uh, you know, he pointed out that there was that that race in Germany where it had just started sprinkling and uh, Vettel in the lead with no pressure at all on him just ended up misjudging a corner and ended up just sliding off and... Uh, getting buried in the tires on the outside of the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and, and, and you can see, if you watch that replay and you just see Vettel just, you know, hitting himself in the forehead, just like so frustrated that he screwed over his own race. Um, you know, and then from that point on, it's, uh, uh, I, I know this is a weird reference, but there's how I met your mother where they talk about the yips where like, as soon as you, you know, screw something up on your own like that, it's like, you just, you lose your mojo and it's a struggle yeah. to get that confidence back. Cause you're always, you know, going to sabotage yourself. And I think that that's unfortunately like, you know, Vettel has just kind of fallen from 
you know, four-time world champion, youngest, this and that of everything at Red Bull. And then, okay, he comes to Ferrari, and this is going to be the year that it happens. And then he screws up his own race, and then from then, he just can't pull it together again. And, yeah, yeah, you know, that's, like, that's the only thing I could see happening to Lewis, maybe, is if he does one of those, like, where he screws up his own race, and uh, and then he just can't get it back for whatever reason. Um, you, you know what, though? I, I think a lot of Lewis's background and just the way that he grew up, I, I feel like he's, you know, probably the mentally strongest driver on the grid. Yeah. And if anybody can can overcome the, like, if, if he ever gets a case of the yips, um, he will overcome it pretty quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and, that, and that's the other thing is like, like you said, all the, mis- all, you know, quote unquote mistakes that Hamilton's made recently, none of them were really his fault, you know, like, yeah, yeah you touch another driver in the heat of battle and, you know, it slows down your race. That's one thing. Um, oh, the pits are closed. When else has that ever happened in Formula One? Exactly. <laughs> that like never happened. Yeah. So, okay, he made a mistake, but, you know, not like you're leading the race, you know the conditions, you've, you're, everything's going your way and you're under control and then you do something just screw that, you know, to just throw that all away. And, uh, yeah. you know, Hamilton's never done that. Whereas we've seen that from Vettel, <laughs> uh, multiple yeah. times, yeah. unfortunately, but, um, and, and, and it's heartbreaking as a, as a Vettel fan. That's, that's that, that it, it's heartbreaking talking about that, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it definitely, it's definitely true. It's, de- it's, it's, it's very true. Vettel has gotten in his own head and, and, I, th- I think that's a lot of the reason why um, he's going over to uh, um, Racing Point slash Aston Martin next year because that I, that'll give him the the fresh start that he needs and a project that he can get behind that hopefully you know as a Vettel fan hopefully he can help push that team over the over the top. Yeah, I mean, th- there's got to be something a little psychological about that too, where. I mean, you know, Ferrari, the red car, everything's red. The overalls are all red. The, you know, the car itself is completely red. Like every, and you just see red every single day of your life. And then you go to what I'm assuming will be green. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, like a completely different environment. And it allows for like a new kind of headspace. Um, Right, right. You know, and, but, but getting back to Lewis, um, you know, how, how you were talking about just how mentally strong he is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, how, how do you get that way? Because, um, it, it's, uh, it's really cool to see, you know, these guys, uh, pilot the cars the way they do. It's yeah. really impressive to see how hard they train. And like, you know, you, if you see the guys like just wearing like a t-shirt or something, like, you know, they're not just like, you know, just tiny skinny little jockeys that can drive the car. Like they're in really good shape, but then that mental strength to have that down to where, um, you know, I'm not going to let anyone psych me out. I'm not going to make any mistakes. I'm going to push hard. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm going to keep my focus the whole race through. Um, yeah, you know, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's it's it's pretty incredible. Um and, and I think a lot of it's the way that he grew up cuz you know just looking looking through um you know all the drivers on the grid, a lot of them, you know, grew up in money. Uh, um oh, yeah. so uh, you, you you think you know the, a lot of them have the uh, the the resources to kind of further their career and you know Lewis was very much, you know, he grew up, you know, middle class. 
his dad basically had to do so much to sacrifice for him to, to even get him into uh, um, some of the lower formulas uh, before he could start getting sponsorship deals and things like that. Yeah. Uh, um, so he, he understands how, how, how good he has it now. And yeah. I, I think a lot of that has, has, has pushed him and motivated him. And I think a lot of that is what keeps him motivated because when you win as much as, as, as he does and as, as much as Mercedes does really, it's, it's really easy to kind of, you know, fall back on your laurels. Uh, um, like we see this with, with great, teams in, in other sports where, you know, they'll win, you know, set, you know, a couple championships in a row and then they start to slip a little bit because they're so used to winning that they feel like it's going to be a foregone conclusion. And that is something that you never hear from Lewis. He never takes any of his success for granted. That's something you always hear from Mercedes. They never take any of their success for granted. Yeah. And that's, I think why they've stayed on top of their game for so long. Absolutely. I agree. Inspiring words, Doug. <laughs> Um, but, uh, if if you were to rate this race and assign a a score to it, what what were you thinking? So, uh, um, as, as we've mentioned a a few times, the start of the race was insane. The first 10 laps were, were pretty crazy. Uh, Um, the rest of the race kind of fell in line for the most part, like looking at the results, it kind of falls in line with what you would expect. Um, you know, a, f- a few drivers finished a bit higher than you would expect, like, you know, like Leclerc and the Ferrari. Although, should we start expecting that more often? Maybe. Uh, uh, um, Gasly and the AlphaTauri finishing up pretty high. Uh, um, the results kind of fall in line with what you would expect from a race like this. Uh, um, so I would say a good solid three out of five is, I, I, uh, I think, appropriate for this race. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same, maybe like a three and a half, just because it, it was a pretty good race, but you yeah. know, far and away, the most part of it was fairly stale. Um, like you said, beginning was fantastic, a couple good battles, um, and then, uh, I mean, if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, I'd say definitely that 3.5, maybe a four, um, you know, yeah. just to see, like, this is where he, you know... Like to see him equal Michael Schumacher's record was really impressive. To have you know fully surpassed and beaten that, and is uh, that was that was pretty special. That now for the you know the sport of auto racing in general, um, if you look to what is you know the top echelon of racing and who was the best driver with the most wins, that's Lewis Hamilton. He he is the man. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, right, right. Yeah, I, we were talking about IndyCar earlier. I want to, I want to see him go over to IndyCar and just watch him clean up over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking that for a, a little second of just like you know, so why don't we see Hamilton driving anything else? And you know, would he not do as well in something else? You know, or is because I think that that gets back to the psychology of like. If you go over and even just like do a test in a NASCAR, an Indy car, or a rally car for that, you know, and you don't immediately clean up and destroy, you know, everyone else, um, would that, you know, leave like a little seed of doubt in his mind or, right. or in the mind of everyone watching and supporting him that, oh, you know, Lewis Hamilton's not the end all be all of auto racing, <laughs> um, you know. I think that there's that, but um, for sure for Formula One, yeah, there's there's no one better. It's it's Hamilton right, all right. 
Yeah, he he'd he'd be a driver. I'd be interested in seeing uh, uh, going for the triple crown at some point too, like uh, uh, Fernando Alonso has been trying to do. Yeah, and that, that's kind of that's kind of a valid question. Is you know, okay, well you've you've conquered Formula One. What else are you going to conquer? No, I'm just going to keep conquering right, this. Right. This is my main thing. Oh, you don't want to branch out and try and do Daytona 500, Indy 500, rally, drag racing, whatever. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like his passion is for is 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 Formula One because it is the high, you know it's considered the highest echelon in motorsports and um but I, I I wouldn't fault him for wanting to go for some of those other things too um if he ever felt the itch. Well, I I think that whether he he wants to or not, I feel like everyone around is going to start saying stuff like that. Like, okay, he's conquered Formula One, but you know wh- what else can you do? You know, surely this isn't right. the only kind of racing you want to do. Like, you're a good race car driver. The car changes, but you should still be a good driver, right? Like, and kind of goading him yeah. into it that way. So, I don't know. I, I'd be really curious to see if he can, uh, you know, even if he goes to Lamar, you know? I think that that would be a good mm-hmm. uh, next step for him to try and expand his racing portfolio, so to speak. But I think when, once you're, right, right. once you're the undisputed champion of formula one, you really don't need to prove yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's one of those things where like, if he were to do it, he would do it as like a personal mission and not to try to prove quote unquote, the haters or something like that, because True. he doesn't need, he doesn't really need to, he doesn't, he doesn't need to do it to answer any questions. It, it, um, but I wouldn't, you know, that being said for himself, I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to, to do that. Absolutely. So coming up next, uh, uh, uh formula one is going back to Italy. Uh, uh, so next weekend they're going to be at a, so similar to, to, to the last race, a track that hasn't been visited in quite a long time. They're going to Imola. Imola. That'll, that'll be pretty cool. Um, obviously, Imola, I think, at, at least for me, the first thing I think of is, uh, you know, Senna, unfortunately, and uh, Roland Ratzenberger yeah. uh, with him. Um, so it's it's kind of like, a, I believe it'd be kind of a somber return, but um, it is a really cool track. They've changed it around since then, of, of course. Um but uh yeah tamborello uh, uh where where um uh, senna's crash happened is now a chicane which is uh, uh, to prevent the cars from you yeah. know going full speed straight into a wall it's, <laughs> yeah it, it changes the profile of the track significantly i'd say um but yeah you know i think uh you know for the chance to still be able to race there it's it's kind of worth the trade-off i'd say um yeah i'm looking yeah. forward to it i've actually never seen f1 at imola I, I know i think that they had actually raced in like mid 2000s i think yeah um, yeah I, I remember them when they when they announced that they, they announced this race being on the uh the calendar for this year that they're the only two drivers currently on the grid that have ever raced there i think are uh raikkonen and maybe lewis maybe it was just raikkonen maybe it was even earlier than that Oh no, that was, yeah, that was the Nürburgring where, uh, those two are the only guys on the current grid that had, that had ever raced there. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, I think, I think Kimi Raikkonen is the only one that is, that has, uh, uh, raced at Imola out of this whole grid. That'll be, that'll be really interesting to see. Um, you know, and as we saw with this, with this race, um, you know, the simulators played a big part in getting people kind of, you know, amped up for the track to at least kind of go in with some knowledge of how it works. So I'm sure that, you know, everyone's been, you know, in the simulators a lot for uh, Imola. So 
that'll that'll right. be really interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see you all next week. Uh, uh, enjoy your week. We'll see you next week.